0: good morning everybody and welcome to coffee and football presented by longhorn wealth management group i'm your host blake Monroe, where i'm joined each and every weekday morning by bobby burton and jerry hamilton both of on three and inside texas and guys before we get started bobby i'm going to kick it over to you and let you tell everybody about longhorn wealth management group
1: yeah absolutely thank you to our sponsor john donovan president of longhorn wealth management group Uh, john is a proud ut grad and a certified financial planner And while UT football has an off week, Longhorn Wealth Management never takes an off week from providing total wealth management services to their fellow UT alumni and UT employees. October is both breast cancer and liver cancer awareness month. So Longhorn Wealth wants to remind you that bad things do happen to good people. So please plan ahead and let Longhorn Wealth provide you and your loved ones with the best and independent life, disability and long term care insurance solutions. For your protection and peace of mind, to learn how Longhorn Wealth can provide the most appropriate protections and investment solutions for you, your family, and your business, give John and the Longhorn Wealth team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. We appreciate John and his sponsorship of the show.
0: All right, guys, (laughs) let's just get right into it. 34-30 34 to 30 loss uh, to Oklahoma and the Red River rivalry this weekend. Texas is now number nine in the polls. Sark, of course, has the press conference at 11. It's a bye week. Going to be a slow week news wise. But what are you all hoping to hear? What are you looking to hear from Sark this morning? Well, I, I want to say this I don't think it's going to be a
1: slow week news wise because the coaches are on the road and recruiting. Yeah. Uh, Good point. Uh, let's remember that because now that they have a bye week, they can actually get on the r- road. Jerry broke the news that Texas offered Xavier Felicini, uh, the safety uh, out of the Dallas area that's committed to Florida earlier on Saturday. I actually think there's going to be some news going with recruiting because this will be the time. This is about the time of year, if you remember, they offered Warren Roberson last year. Yeah. Uh, now, Xavier Filassemi kind of seems like he might be in that same boat. We'll see what, what his uptake is the Longhorns, but they're going on the road this week, guys, and so uh, we can see that. As far as uh, Steve Sarkeesian today, I think he's going to have to refocus the team. If there's if there's not a uh, another priority, I, I don't know what it is, and make sure that he has the focus of the team. The last thing they can improve, they can uh, deal with guys is actually now just cratering, right? Don't go off the deep end. You've got this talent. You've got the ability to come back and get to where you want to be. You can't go off the deep end at the very beginning. I mean, you just can't right now.
2: Jerry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be there. No, 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 you're good. You're good. Um, no, I think, uh, I, I want to hear, um, a little bit about health, uh, kind of what their plans are for resting guys this week. Um, you know, kind of what the, uh, plan is for this week. It's probably to get some of the young guys, some work, right. Then coaches hit the road. Um, I can tell you that, uh, I Texas scheduled to be at Wardell Max game Friday. I I can tell you guys that this morning. I mean, this Texas staff is they're going to be aggressive. They're going to continue to go after their guys, and um, you're going to see them on the road this week. Uh, seeing some key targets either in 24 or 25. Um, you know that 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 was interesting. What just rolled through there? By the way, that Texas uh, Oklahoma played their A game, and the Longhorns played a B game. Even C plus or B, whatever you want to call it, I, I do think that was interesting uh, with that game. Is that uh, we didn't read the Longhorns as a B, me and you yesterday no. when we were talking about it. No, I mean C plus. You know, so that I thought that was interesting, and that's why again, you know, I'm excited about the rest of the season because Texas can play better, but they can get better. I, I, I'm excited to see. The rest of the season, they're going to be heavy favorites in every game. Doesn't mean there's not going to be tough games. There are. Um, I'm also, you know, while Texas is off this weekend, guys, there's some huge games in college football <clears throat> because some, uh, undefeated teams. We saw it last week uh, it, it, Saturday in the Cotton Bowl, Oregon and Washington. Somebody's taking their first loss this weekend. USC's going to Notre Dame. USC's going to lose more than once because they can't they can't defend anybody. Uh, but their their gauntlet starts this week uh ucla at oregon state i mean miami at unc miami i don't know what miami's gonna do but i I know matt brown has a quarterback and a chance this year (laughs) to to make a little noise but these undefeated seasons some of these undefeated seasons are about to hit the wall and everybody's gonna start taking losses because everybody's about to start playing each other that's why it's important that the broad the big picture here is uh I, i'm not worried about texas getting refocused i think they're going to be an angry team uh, especially knowing you know if you play really well and lose you can remain overconfident but if you don't play well and lose when you say we should have won that game that's good motivation moving forward if you play your best game and get beat you're like man they may have a better team that's not the case here that oklahoma after 13 weeks may have a better team but leaving the cotton bowl and this morning the Texas players don't think in Oklahoma has a better team.
1: They think they gave one away. That's right. That's what they think. Uh yep. I can tell you and and they they in many ways they did give it away but in many ways they didn't. Oklahoma went out and took it. They drove the length of the field in 75 seconds or less 60 seconds I guess. Um, so I look I think that uh, Brent Venables had his guys ready. Uh, mm-hmm. Steve Sarkeesian, I think, had a game plan that that was pretty good, especially on special teams. But I'm not so sure that they really uh, I didn't I look, I don't think that they had a game plan on offense to come out firing. Uh, they may have thought they did, but I think uh, Sark uh, uh, Venables had had his number a little bit there. My my real interest level here, Jerry, and what I'm what I'm thinking as, as of right now is how does Texas rebound? Because ultimately, that's going to be what defines this season. This loss to OU will will not define the season. It, Texas still could be eleven and one. Yep. And heading into December right now. Yep. So how they rebound? Is is what it's all about to me. Look, look, that's I mean, why I'm so so emphatic about that point. Yeah,
2: argument. I mean, look, I'm I'm not trying to put pressure. I'm not trying to throw an unrealistic expectation. But we're watching the Big 12 right now. I mean, Texas should be 11 and one they, this year. I mean, that's the reality. They had 661 yards of offense against Kansas. They had 527 yards with JT Sanders not being an effective player in the passing game Saturday. Um, those are. Should be the two best defenses they play in the Big 12. I mean, Texas should be an 11 and one team if unless they have major catastrophic injuries. I mean, I'm I'm putting it out there, and I don't care if that's pressure. I don't care if that's unrealistic expectation. Um, that that's what should happen. So they need to go do it at this point because they have uh, they they just have too much offensive firepower on this team. Um, Now they got to get better in the red zone, right? I think they got to be less predictable starting a game on the first series of the game. 14 14 passes and three runs over six games is predictable. Um, But they should go 11 and 1 on this schedule. Doesn't mean mean there's not tough games, but they should. I want to get into what we think they need to work
1: on. Red zone is clearly one of them. They were one of three on Saturday. They're in the 120s now on red zone efficiency for touchdowns uh, on the year. That's clearly an, an issue for them. Uh, you know, I, I really believe that they've got to decide who they want to be on defense a little bit in pressure situations. Uh, the prevent defense clearly didn't work. They're not getting uh, edge. They did not get edge pass rush That's an uh, issue. from their their guys. So what are they going to do to get a pass rush uh, when you're in the two-minute drill? And what, what are they going to do? Going to keep trying to, uh, you know, Push up the middle. That's fine. But they got to do a little something different. I'm going to ask Brian Irwin that uh, the coach uh, on uh, lunch with the coach later today, Jerry, uh, because he was texting me. I think he might have some some thoughts on what Texas might want to do and and look at more more clearly. And they've done it before. So it's not like he's not telling Texas coaches anything they don't know. But he thinks he sees a path where they could uh, defend this a little bit differently, too.
2: And I, by, by the way, college football playoff stuff is premature, but there was a, a, a comment in here. It, this is what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about all the stuff and have fun with this. And there's a comment that says a one loss Big 12 teams wouldn't get in the college football playoff. I disagree. It's way too early uh, to say that. I mean, look, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan all have to play each other. The Pac 12 is going to, they're going to beat each other up. Florida State's interesting over there. You almost want Carolina to lose a game, then come back and beat FSU in an ACC championship game. But I I don't know. Georgia's not going to lose. I mean, I I don't see that. I mean, Kentucky was lucky to get 150 yards in that game. Uh, When Georgia starts dialing it up, they've won 23 in a row now, and I expect that to be 30 uh, by the time they get to the SEC title game. So uh, they're going to be in, and now what, what,
1: uh, what? One lost team is going to have a better a better non conference win than Alabama. I mean, we just saw. Well, well my problem with that, Bobby, is they're not going to beat Georgia in the SEC title. Yeah, but but it doesn't matter. I mean, we just Alabama still carries the respect of just about everybody around the country. We saw what Texas did to Alabama at Bryant Denny, and then yeah. Alabama comes back and beats the Ab- I And mean, they whipped the Aggies. Yeah, yeah. I, I went and rewatched the game. I was busy doing the post game live and I went and rewatched the entire game. They whipped the Aggies. I mean, the Aggies offensive line is got issues. Um and the <laughs> Alabama defensive line does not. <laughs> I'll put it that way. And so that makes that Texas win to me going into Bryant Denny even more impressive. Yeah. Um and I I feel like you know the the the, the bugaboo about uh Alabama is that Jalen Milroe is still Yes, he can throw a nice deep ball, but he's a little lax with the ball at times. He's—he's got. I, I see what you're saying about Alabama's not going to be Georgia, Jerry. No. But My my take on it is who has a better non-conference win than
2: Texas over Alabama? Who? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. And that's the thing. If you know, look, the thing is, you hate it, it. Pains it'll pain Texas fans to do it, but. You want Oklahoma to win out. You want to win out and you want to beat 12 and Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. Then you are getting in at 12 and one. In that scenario, if you can get there, you're getting in. It's going to happen. I agree. I think Texas, uh,
1: look, Texas has, a, it, I don't think they completely control their own destiny. That much is true. But Texas has what is clear to me after this weekend Quinn Ewers is growing up. Okay. You do not start off as bad and poorly as he, do, he did, and come back and not be and be resilient yep. and not have your best football ahead of you. Period. He played a whale of a game from quarter two through four. Okay, he has four quarters like that. Texas might be looking at a fourteen to twenty-one point win. Just they they would have controlled that game. All right. Now that being said, Texas has to figure out some things on defense. They have to get better uh, in in the – if they're not getting a pass rush, what are they going to do? How are they going to manufacture one and how are they going to cover? I think safety is a problem at Texas right now, clearly. Uh, I think linebacker and coverage, uh, David Benda, is an issue. It reared its head at the worst time possible uh, on Saturday. Uh, But they're all trying hard. I want to be clear about that. And I think there are possible solutions. More Anthony Hill might be a possible – Possible solution at, at linebacker and at pass rush. Derek Williams might be a solution at safety. So I think this Texas team can still improve on. Oh yeah, and find things. The Texas offense, I believe, is just now going to start hitting its stride. I mean, Jonathan Brooks is playing like a million bucks to add to what the receivers haven't dropped a pass in two games. They have not dropped a pass in two. I mean, that talk about where they were a year ago compared to now, Jerry. I, I feel like the offense is going to roll a little bit here. And yeah. I'm anxious for it because I, I do think that you start beating teams by 28 points, 21 points, you'll see the rankings climb because they'll know it's a dominating win. But they've got to go out and do it. They can't They can't take the off week and sulk.
0: They have to go out and do it. No doubt about it. All right, guys, this segment brought to you by Caldera Lab. And I need to let everybody know about Caldera Lab. And with me always being outside, I know I need to take care of my skin as much as possible. Caldera Labs products help me do just that in an easy, time-saving manner. I use the regimen twice a day, just as directed, and I'm already noticing results just after a couple of weeks. I'm telling you guys, it's the real deal. They create high-performance men's skincare products and the regimen leads off their product lineup. It's a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. It includes three products, the Clean Slate, the Base Layer, and the Good. The Clean Slate starts an injured your day this face wash leaves all skin types refreshed. The base layer is a daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence. And the good is a go-to multifunctional serum at night that helps your skin look tighter and smoother, as well as help reduce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. One minute in the morning, one minute at night is all it takes to reduce your wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging. And right now you can get 20% off with code ONTEXAS at CalderaLab.com. That's right, 20% off with uh, code on Texas at CalderaLab.com. Go check it out and let it work for you. So I want to thank them for sponsoring this segment. And, guys, it's a Monday morning, which means we need to talk about the rest of the Big 12 as well. <laughs> so thank let me bring you, up the score you, zero on the screen. Anything stand out to you guys? Any surprises?
2: Anything uh, at all? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if TCU doesn't get it together, what's the uh, biggest fall from a national championship the year before? And I say that knowing their Super Bowl is going to be when Texas visits, the way their season's going. But what's the uh, – I mean, from national title to what? Uh, TCU's getting, going to get in that conversation if they don't watch out. Um, you Kansas bouncing back. I mean, they were up like 51-10, I think, in that game. So, again, for Texas fans, Kansas is a really good team. Jalen Daniels didn't play, and I think that hurt Texas against Oklahoma. I agree with Rod Babers. Texas needed to be tested by a legitimate quarterback before Oklahoma. Not so much so you knew what Dylan Gabriel was going to do, but for the defensive staff. Because the one thing that Texas had, they had a lot of fortune early in the season. Jalen Milrose is a one-read-and-run guy. Um, Wyoming's guy was hurt. Uh, Jalen Daniels not playing, I think, was the big one because he would have given some looks that Texas was going to have to be prepared for from the quarterback position. Um, West Virginia continues to just move right along. Um, Bobby likes Texas Tech's improvement running the football. Kansas State, oof.
1: Yeah. I, I'll tell you what, uh, Blake, you can take those scores down. We're going to have Diamante Tucker Dorsey join us here in a little bit, The uh, former Longhorn linebacker. Uh, I want to talk to him about what he saw and uh, that sort of stuff. Uh, as far as the Big 12, Jerry, Uh, My thoughts are, Tech, I did watch the Tech-Baylor game late on Saturday night. Uh, Tech is starting to to gel a little bit on offense now that they've made the quarterback, or the quarterback is now Baron Morton, for sure. Baylor is in the tank. Um, There's no better way to say it. They are, and, and I say they're in the tank after they came back and beat Central Florida last week. The reason I say they're in the tank is they just, they don't have, they have a jab, and then that's all they got. They don't have. They can't follow through with the 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 big right or the uppercut. They just have a jab. They'll just jab you every so often. Maybe on defense. Maybe on offense. They don't have any kind of haymaker that anybody should be worried about hurting them long term. Yeah, they'll be in a dog fight here and there. They'll come back. But I'm just telling you, they are. They're going to. They're going to a gunfight with a pop gun uh, right now. And when your offensive line's bad, good luck. Uh, it's not just their offensive line. Their defense is bad. They've got multiple issues across the board. Uh, TCU is interesting. I watched a little bit of that game as well. Obviously, Chandler Morris went down. I'm interested to see what his long-term prognosis is. Josh Hoover looked good uh, in the, in his stead uh, for a lot of the fourth quarter. But then you're dealing with a freshman quarterback that, even though he knows the offense and whatnot, TCU's not the same either, Jerry. I mean, they yeah. – they were – their linebackers, I'm going to say this, Shad Banks and those guys, they were missing tackles on running backs. If you don't think Jonathan Brooks isn't going to make one of those guys miss a tackle, uh, that, that's probably the biggest thing in, that I see uh, there. They don't have Garrett Riley calling the plays either. Uh, so TCU's I, – I think Sonny Dykes is going back to what he was before he had Garrett Riley as his offense coordinator uh, and before he had all of uh, Gary Patterson's guys on defense and still had that nucleus, right? Um, of all those teams, Texas Tech looked the best. Kansas State on Friday night, what a – I mean, that, that has got to be – Kansas State, I think they're a little bit similar. They they don't have that wow guy either. Tayshaun Ward is good, and Will Howard's good. Ben Sinod is good. But Phillip Brooks is not necessarily the answer, and they miss Kurt Warner's kid at receiver. No two ways about it. And then they're just not as good on defense. Uh, they lost what two or three guys to the pros last year. They have not replaced them with similarly situated players. Um, I, I think there are probably three teams right now that are that are good in the in the Big Twelve: uh, Texas, OU, Kansas, and maybe maybe based on what I saw Saturday night, uh, Texas Tech is starting to look good. Uh, but Kansas State. Oklahoma State, I don't see it. West Virginia, I, there's something about that that tells me that may be a little bit of fool's gold, even though they run the ball well. They may have the one of the top five defensive lines and offensive lines in the Big 12, but they don't necessarily have the quarterback. Um, so somebody's going to catch them and score a lot of points.
2: I just point. want to mention this because somebody brought it up. So it was joking about TCU having Tommy Brockemeyer and Trey, uh, Trey Sanders. Tommy Brockemeyer just underwent back surgery. He, and he just guy's yeah, just never going to be able to stay healthy. It's unfortunate for an extremely talented player, um, but yeah, that that's going to be. I mean, that's that's a lot of surgeries. No doubt about for it. For a very talented guy, and a lot of the surgeries you don't want to have to have. All right.
0: Before we move on, Jerry, I'm going to let you tell everybody about Manscaped, and then we'll bring in our guest for the day.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I've Look, I've got it in my hand right here, if I can get to the read, which my computer's sticking on me uh, this very second. So we may have to come back to this in a second. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I got the Manscaped uh in the mail, I got my product in the mail. It's a great, tremendous product. Um, right, but We're going to have to, my computer's sick. We're going to have to come back to this. I
3: don't, <laughs> actually, I've got it
2: now. I've got it now, okay? Sorry. Um, we're brought to you today by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween to bring you your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all-new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code ONTEXAS for 20% off plus free shipping. Um, again, you know, one of my things is I got it in the mail yesterday. Uh, for wet and dry use, feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere. I was on the road again this weekend up in Dallas. The compact design and airplane friendliness make this the perfect travel tool for on the go. And been able to shave up the three days growth without without the mess of a wet shave is priceless. Again, manscaped.com. Use code ONTEXAS for 20% off plus free shipping. That is the Holly, Halloween handyman. Got mine right here, guys. Love it. Love their products. My son has them. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna tell him, but uh, he's getting one of these uh, soon as well. After uh, getting one from Manscaped and trying it out myself, so uh, great products. I can't tell you guys enough good things about them. I've used them for years.
0: All right, y'all. Well, let's go ahead and bring in our guest for today. And Bobby, I'm gonna let you do the introduction and take it from there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh
1: Diamante Tucker Dorsey, how you doing, Tuck? He joins us. Tuck joins us each and every Monday uh for a, a little segment here. We get uh, his feel for what he saw before and maybe where the long homes were headed uh for the week. Uh Tuck, a realtor currently with Keller Williams as well, uh, there in the Austin area. He transferred in. Uh, but decided to make Austin his longtime home. Uh, yes. Tuck, welcome into the show, buddy.
3: What's up, fellas? How we doing?
1: We're doing good. Hey, uh, I know you caught uh, the game on on Saturday. Uh, how does a team, and this is something Jerry and I and Blake were talking about this morning, how does a team bounce back after a big loss like that? No, not a single player on that team hasn't lost a game before. Not a single coach hasn't lost a game before. It yeah. happens in sports. But Texas OU is a big one. How do you bounce back for something like that?
3: Um, uh you know, you just got to go back to the drawing board. I think it's bad timing for sure. Just cause you have a bye week uh it's bye week this week, right?
1: Yep. yep.
3: Yeah. So terrible timing. So it's going to, it's going to linger a little bit, especially uh, over the course of this week. But, um, you know, you got to flush it, get back to, you know, get back to us and kind of figure, figure out what we did wrong, where we went wrong. But, um, I don't think it was too, many, too much to kind of hang your head on. It was a great game, um, I think we came out a little bit slow, uh, was contributed and kind of lingered throughout the rest of the game. If we don't come out as slow as we did, um, it's a completely different game. But I mean, it's, it wasn't a bad loss. Um, you know, it could have went either way. It was a great game, so I don't think they're going to be too too down about it. Um, but you know, take this week to get your mind right. Maybe go home see some family over the bye week. Come back next week ready to work.
2: Hey, hey, Tuck, what did um? When a team breaks out quarterback run game stuff, when you haven't seen it or don't expect it, as a linebacker, how hard is that to adjust to that? Because that obviously, with Gabriel, he'd never rushed for 100 yards before. He'd never rushed 14 times before in a game. Mm. So Oklahoma had a plan that they hadn't had to unveil until Saturday because their schedule had been easier. As a linebacker, when that presents itself and you're not really expecting that, how tough is that? What type of changes do you have to make on the fly?
3: Um, that's probably one of the the most hardest like adjustments to make mid-game just because it's an extra guy. You never account for the quarterback when you're doing your run fits um, if you haven't prepared for it during the week. So that's probably one of the biggest things to adjust to just because it's an extra guy and um, it's an extra lane. So if they're running power and they're running counter and they got guys pulling – it's usually we do lane fit. So if it's two pullers, it's going to be three lanes. And if it's a quarterback plus the running back now is four, we don't have an extra guy. So it definitely will throw you off. And that something that um, is hard to adjust to if you didn't expect it. Uh, you, you mentioned this. Uh, you, you played linebacker at Texas.
1: Uh, clearly, Tuck, a, a big piece of, uh, of what you've done uh, was be more of that run guy. Uh, what did you see from the linebackers on Saturday – that said, oh, they could have done this, or hey, they were trying to do this, but, you know, oh, you got them here? What were some of the things you saw that, oh, man, that was a tough one?
3: Anything like that? Um, I think the touchdown was would, would not as far as running, but that touchdown with both. That was hard because uh, I didn't know initially if it was uh, on the linebacker, but I think after the game, it came out and said it was. Um, but I kinda I kind of assumed it was cause whenever you got that two uh you got that that stack in the in the end zone, in the red zone, and they come out like this, it's always gonna be a sort and it's always gonna be a hard kind of communication because you never know which way either one of them gonna go. Um uh, I I personally thought that the safety should take the the high man, but I don't know what they discussed over the week. Um uh, so that was huge. That was a hard one. Good play by them. Um but I mean outside of that, I didn't think they played bad. Um I don't know if we won the line of scrimmage like we were accustomed to, and I think that kind of played a factor as well. Um, but like I said, it was a great game overall. It wasn't really like, oh, it's his fault, it's his fault. It was, it was a good game on both sides. You know, two good teams went together, and, um, you know, we had a great – we seen a great game. So I couldn't say if I pointed out anything where they could have been much better or, you know, did certain things different. I just think that, uh, you know, they made some plays, we made some plays, and they ultimately came out on top. Hey, it was a totally <clears throat> different
2: game last year, obviously 49 nothing. Dylan Gabriel didn't play. But how much was Oklahoma actually improved to you from a year ago?
3: I was actually surprised at how much how much better they were. Um, my whole thing I kept saying was they're not 50 points better. Uh, so I didn't think that they were going to be able to even win the game. Uh, so the fact that they win says a lot. But, I mean, the quarterback is the most important position on the field. So, um, if you have a guy back there that they trust and they ride behind, and he's, um, you know, he's, he, he, he played well. Um, he was very energetic and he made some plays. So that gives you a spark, especially, um, it was a lot of hype around this game. Obviously both teams coming in undefeated. So they felt a little bit better about themselves and they probably had a bad taste in their mouth as well. So, um, I was surprised that we lost the game uh, cause I didn't think they would get 50 points better, but it's the game of football.
1: <laughs> yep hey Tuck, what
3: what about um you you you've
1: been recruited you know what it feels like uh, jerry and i jerry was trying to explain this to folks a, a lot of people say well now we're going to lose all these recruits because oklahoma is going to be the favorite and or a&m's going to do this or whatever that's is that really how recruits see this or did they go to that, a game like that and just say wow what a game because they don't have an allegiance yet
3: right yeah I mean, nah, you no know. no nah, i mean i don't think I mean, if, if they grew I think like hometown kids, yeah, you might lose a couple just because they, they do know all about the rivalry and they watched it growing up. So I don't know, that's kind of premature to say, uh, I don't really think that one game will make their decision. Unless there's like a two bad team or one bad team, one good team. Oh, they not they program not going in the right direction. But I think both programs are going in the right direction. So that's not gonna make a difference. And it was only a four point loss that could have went either way. So I don't really know. No. To, to, to
2: Tuck's point, I just put up an a update on Inside Texas with Riley Petijon, uh, ranked 64 in the country, number eight linebacker in the country in the junior class. And his takeaway was Texas program is headed in the right direction. Just what right. Tuck said, said it was an amazing game to be at, amazing environment, likes Texas because of where, the direction they're headed. That programs had it. And look, I- I'm not saying this doesn't make any fans feel better. An Alabama win carries a lot of weight on the road in recruiting. You got to go win 10, 11 games and have the season you should after beating a really good Alabama team in Tuscaloosa. But the kids are saying exactly what Tuck has just said. They see a program moving in the right direction. You lose recruits if you lose this game. You go drop four or five games after that, and people are like, "Whoa, I think we're wrong. This program's not headed where we thought it
3: was." Yes, yes, totally agree.
1: Yep. All right, Tuck, talk, uh, talk a little bit about the Texas offense on Saturday. Uh, obviously, started off sputtering, but the second half, Quinn Ewers uh, and the offense was just on fire. Uh, yeah. what, what did you know? I don't even know what to say. At one time, I think he was nineteen of nineteen or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. When a guy is dealing like that, what do you even have to say?
3: Uh Yes. Yes, we played great. Uh, especially in that second half, we came out on fire. But we got to put the ball in the box. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Uh, so you know, we just got to find a way to finish drives. You know, finish drives, getting points on the board. But uh, you know, that's a, that's very encouraging that we can go out there and, and play that well. Uh, for that extended amount of time, right? So as long as we you know, continue to be us and put that together, then we see what we could be, right? And that's why I said we started slow and kind of second half turned it on. We got to play complete games. We got to be able to finish games. And, um, you know, that's that's going to be the difference in, you know, how far and how long we're going to be able to go. So uh, very encouraging, though, very encouraging.
1: Tuck, one thing, you just mentioned it. up. got to put the ball in the box. That means touchdowns, score touchdowns. Texas, right. one of three in the red zone. OU, six of six with four touchdowns uh, out of their six tries. All right. The question I had for you those, those, uh, the, the four downs from the goal line, right? You're a linebacker. You know what run fits are. You were just talking about them. What mm-hmm. did you see from OU that they did that stifled Texas at the goal, t- goal line three straight times?
3: I was, I don't, I'll be honest, I think they looked like they wanted it. More on that job. Honest, to be completely honest, that's what it looked like. They just wanted them it more. It's not really like lane fish or anything. Goal line is elbows and a holes. You know, they, <laughs> it, it's, it's mano y mano, man oh man. And uh, that's they just they wanted them more on that that particular job.
1: Interesting. That's that's a that's gonna be a tough pill for some Longhorn fans to swallow. But I, I think that uh, you know the question I have, and Jerry and I've talked about. Should they have changed up some personnel? Maybe, maybe instead of Jonathan Brooks, who's not necessarily a goal line guy because he's a patient runner, right, Tuck? Um, maybe Savion Red. Maybe if Cedric Baxter was healthy, he'd be the guy. Um, things like that. It's interesting because Texas is in a situation right now where they, you're right, they have to start scoring touchdowns the rest of the way because I'm sure Iowa State, BYU, those kind of guys are sitting there looking at that tape saying, hey, we can stop these guys on fourth and one texas tech looking at them the same way they're gonna have to change that up uh this year to, 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 to become the team they want to become
3: uh i mean <clears throat> i think we've we've used that personnel uh plenty of times this season and mm-hmm. have had success with it and scored with it so I, hindsight's 2020 20, year we can say that now that it didn't work but um, we're gonna like I said, uh, I said this a couple weeks ago. We can't get too uh concerned about stuff that we can't control, we got to continue to be us, and that's part of our identity. Like I said, we've used it, so I don't think that that was a bad idea. I think, like I just said, we just lost a point of contact on, the, on, the, on that particular drive. But coming away from it, man, we lost the turnover battle and we only lost about four points. And usually, if you lose a turnover battle three to zero, you're getting blown out. So, I don't think Good that it's there's not anything to really be worried about we just have to like i said continue to be us when we're doing that it's no issue but when we're not being playing disciplined football we're, we're having turnover turning the ball over and we're not turning the ball getting turnovers on defense those things that matter you know it really comes to that that's the biggest stat in football is the turnover battle if you lose the turnover battle nine times out of ten you're going to lose the game so the fact that we lost it by such by such a by huge margin and then only lost by four points, I'm not worried. <laughs> I'm not worried. I'm very encouraged by that. So, Got
1: it. All right, Tuck, thank you so much, buddy. Uh, we appreciate you joining us here on uh, Monday's Coffee and Football. That's Diamante Tucker Dorsey, currently a realtor with Keller
2: Williams there in the Austin area. Uh, Tuck, I appreciate your time. You have a good one, buddy. All right, boss.
3: You guys have a good week. All right, hook
2: them. Right, and what he said there about turnovers is, look, and I'm not, I'm not trying to lament the fact, but you know, Oklahoma, when they had their opportunities, they made the play. I mean, you know, Jaron Thompson had an opportunity for an interception that in the end zone that was a huge play. Yep.
1: Roughing the punter, as Al- Altoid Floyd's talking about. Yeah, that's like a fourth turnover. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Pre-snap penalties. Uh, Texas was more penalized in this game than OU, uh, which is something we talk might be different heading into it because OU had been the more penalized team uh, prior to this. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where OU goes from here, too. How, how good are they really? What what about the injuries they sustained and what they'll mean for them? Uh,
2: it should be interesting to see how that, that flows for them from here on too well and i think that's i think that's a key talk a point to talk about guys because you know look there's we're only halfway through the regular season oklahoma may have lost two starters for the season in the a second half of that game on the offense so that's um you know mccain metta meadow doesn't come back and play look then you're your second team guy then your third team guy's a play away that's not where you want to be um You know, I don't know if Brent's been there long enough to build that depth. I mean, he's done a great job in the portal. Bobby, that's another thing I want to hit on is, you know, we talk about recruiting. Um, High school recruiting at the end of this class, people pay more attention to. I'm almost – I'm more hyper-focused right now on what's – how much is Texas going to do in the portal? Because the one thing – that is 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 being learned in college football right now. Florida State, Mike Norvell, people wanted him out. Now he's five wins, five six wins from a college football playoff, and he's done it through the portal. Oklahoma rebuilt half their roster after one season, and now they're ranked what time the top five or six in the country. So, how good are they? I I, I don't. We'll see with Oklahoma those days. Injuries can impact your season for sure. But now the other thing with Oklahoma is what happens if they get into, they got to go to Kansas. Uh, what happens if they get into a game where they have to run Gabriel more? That's not what where you want to be if you're Oklahoma. Now, if they get in one of those games, if he runs 14 times again, you don't know. I mean, you don't want to have that start happening if you're Oklahoma. Because that's not the recipe for long-term success. Um, so that that's going to be uh that's going to be interesting to see how Oklahoma attacks games and if somebody can force them, force Gabriel to run the football or them to bring that out again. Because I don't think they want to bring that out again until the Big 12 championship if they get there.
1: I don't. I don't think they want to either. I, I'm not sure they won't have to because I do still think their defense has some holes. Yeah, uh, that Texas uh, got. I, I, Gentry Williams is another player that went out for them. He's been one of their key defensive backs. I'm not sure they have the depth in the secondary. We'll see. Uh, But, uh, you know, injuries are mounting for Texas, too. Jake Majors, uh, now it sounds like he may be U of H or later. BYU may be aggressive. Uh, Cole Hudson's still out. Um, We're waiting on uh, to see some other guys. Chris Ross going to be gone probably for the season, it sounds like, maybe. Uh, Well, six games. So uh, maybe the latter half of the season. Um, I I feel like Texas has got to figure out, you know, where and what these injuries mean. You mentioned some of the lesser injuries are actually ones that may have affected the game. Cedric Baxter still got an ankle injury. Uh, JT Sanders clearly injured still. Kelvin Banks nicked up also. Uh, And Tuck said it, Said it right whenever you lose you want to get back on the horse real quick and wipe that out of your out of your palate you know wipe that taste from from your mouth uh, but at the same time getting Sanders majors uh, uh, banks uh, and Baxter healthy might be more valuable at this point I, I, um,
2: I, I, I really go after somebody bring up Jose Dozal <laughs> from eight forty five. Hey, dude, nobody's in denial. We're talking about the game. Don't bring that here. That's not what this is. It's not excuses. We're talking about football. We're talking about a game. We're talking about a season. We're talking about things that matter. That's it. Moving on. Next. If that's not what you want to talk about, move on. Uh, You're at the wrong place.
0: uh, Well, speaking of talking about things, we have a super chat we need to talk about, guys. And Major Alexander, thank you, Major, he says, he meaning Sark, needs to feature Brooks, period. Baxter's not ready to be effective in this run game. What do you well, think? He about is that? featuring Brooks. I mean that, right? Am yeah. I am I just mistaken? I mean,
1: Brooks has what is it? 4 straight games over 100 down? I think so, right? I mean, he is featuring him. Yeah. Uh, Baxter is the second running back though, and I think he does provide something that's a little bit a, a little better or a little different. Excuse me. He leans on people a little bit more, um, and he's heavier. So I, I feel like, you know, I don't feel like Sark's not leaning on Jonathan Brooks. He's the one that's getting the lion's share of the carries and and producing. You, I do want to say this. You don't want to overrun him in the middle of the season, though. Right. I mean, look, Jonathan Brooks has had his own injury problems before, guys. He's had a shoulder problem. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, you want to use him, but... There's overuse too, and he's not proven to be the most durable over his career. He's actually had two different injuries that have kept him out for uh, extended periods just during the two previous years.
2: Uh, By the way, I very minor work, by the way. Yeah, by the way, I expect this, the U of H game to start. Look, center backs are at some time to get healthier here. Um, U of H against U of H, I expect to see more of a balance there to Bobby's point. Because now you've the first six games. That doesn't mean you, you can't win lose another game. I'm not saying that Texas is going to be heavily favored. They should win the rest of their games, but it's football. But the toughest half of the schedule, the most physically grueling half of the schedule, is behind you. And if you can get back to a little healthy healthier now, you know you can start. I think at the U of H game, you can start to balance some of that out. To Bobby's point, save some of Brooks's legs, uh, because here's the thing about Brooks too. He was asked to do a lot in the passing game Saturday as well. I mean, he was involved a lot more than just running the football. Um, so that, that, that'll be interesting. I do expect Baxter to play more as, as the season moves along here, as long as he gets healthy enough to, uh, to Bobby's point. All right, guys, let's move on to the next question
0: here. Uh this one from Damon Graham. He says, Good morning, Texas. It's a bye week and it could not come at a better time. Thoughts? Oh, yeah. I, I see, I don't, I, I think for Jerry, for
1: injuries, yes, yes. best time. I'm with Tuck a little bit. I, I, I think you want to get that taste out of your mouth. You know, you need to get back on the winning side of things and, and to be able to refocus sometimes. You need to put pen to paper and write. You know what I mean? Uh and that, that would be my negative on it. At the same time, uh, hopefully Steve Sarkeesian and this team is old enough and, ex- and experienced enough, Jerry and Blake, to appreciate the off week and actually go and get better, right, and use it for what it's there for, uh, refocus their, their efforts, get going. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure it came at the best time. It may have come at the best time for injuries. I would have rather they be playing U of H this weekend,
0: personally okay we got a question here uh from well it's not really a question but we've had lots of comments about Derek Williams and I want to get y'all's take on this sports talk Jay says Derek Williams needs to be the starter from here on out at safety what do y'all think about that
2: I mean I'm not against it but it all depends on Catalan's health right I mean and, and that's the one thing we don't know we'll see if Sark has an update on that at 11 um But, you know, look, I think Derek Williams is going to play more as the season moves along. I think he's going to end up being a tremendous football player, um, as expected. I always go back to this, and I think uh, I talked about it. Rod's seen it now. I I, I told Rod on one of our shows, Bobby, way back when we were talking about Derek Williams, I said, at the Under Armour All-America game practices, he had as good a feat as the corners did in drills. And that's when I walked away. I'd seen him in high school at New Iberia, Westgate. But he was playing some running back in practice. He was playing safety. He was playing some corner. And it's you know. And then you see some of the tape. He didn't put out a ton of senior tape. But in that setting, I was like, ooh, this guy's feet are different. So you take the frame, the physicality, how quickly he's learning the position full-time for the first time. And, but you add those feet in that he's got, and that takes him to another level, Bobby. I want to say this. There is more than one former NFL player. Um, that
1: follows the team closely. I mean, more than one. There's like three, actually, that say that he is already the best coverage safety on the team. Yeah. And that includes Catalan. And that includes Jaron Thompson, Michael Taft, uh, Keaton Crawford. So the, the, the problem I have right now is he plays the same position as Jalen Catalan. He didn't get cross-trained at Jaron Thompson's spot. Um, and that that is an issue because – if he could learn the other spot, then you could have potentially Catalan and Williams on the field at the same time. I know Jaron Thompson is one of the leaders on defense uh, and a solid player, but he really Jaron gets exposed in space tackling, um, and that. So we need to figure out if, especially going to have a heavy run game quarterback like Will Howard coming down the road or Donovan Smith at U of H. Those those things can be problems. Uh, if you have guys that, that aren't good tacklers in the open field, uh, trying to put that out there. So um, I'll, I'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, down the road. But Derek Williams, should he be starting? I think it depends on the health of Jalen Catalan. Uh, I also think that he should definitely be playing more than some other guys uh, that are playing more currently. And And I, I think Texas coaches showed that on Saturday. I mean, he was in on the final drive, guys. If you don't think they're not putting their best eleven on the final drive, you got another thing coming. Those coaches thought he was one of the best eleven
0: on the final drive. Right, we got a super chat here from Reggie Boy Thirty Seven. Thank you, Reggie Boy. He says, "Do you guys think Sark should give Jaden Blue a chance since Baxter isn't at hundred percent? Besides the fumble, he flashed in the few plays he was given.
2: I lean more to Savion Red." And blue, uh, it, it looking physical football games between the tackles, that's not really blue. Um, He did I, look good.
1: Jaden Blue has looked good except for the fumble. But to Jerry's point, the, the time you're going to use those guys, fourth, uh,
2: first and goal on the one, you need a banger. Jaden Blue's not a banger. No, no. And, and, and look, Texas wants to have a physical run game downhill. That's just that's not ideally what Jaden Blue is. Um, you can't you can't force him to be something he's not. He's a better space player uh, than he is a, a downhill back. And that doesn't mean he can't if you block a play, it doesn't mean you can't make a play. but you have to block a play in a downhill game to get him to the second level. He's not gonna run through people um he's just a different type of back he's got tremendous hands now I mean tremendous hands out of the backfield I think he's just gotta have a little patience but uh in the run game Texas has I think Savion Red is better built for it yeah I agree I I would have liked to maybe seen the red the the red cat a little bit
0: on goal line maybe uh in other short yardage situations all right. Well, let's stay on the subject of running backs for just a second. Antoine says, "How would you compare Brooks' season to Deontay Foreman's great 2016 season?" Both are really surprising in a good way.
2: I, I got something to say on this real quick. I, so I was at the Texas City Galveston ball game, and, and Deontay and his uh, were there. Um, this was earlier this year, Jerry. Yeah, it was earlier this year. And I looked at Deontay I said, golly, he's not built like Ricky Williams. How did he take 56 carries in a game? Like to me, Ricky Williams has the best running back body I've ever seen in my life up close. Like for a guy i said, okay, this guy can carry it 50 times. It, it, and just the way he ran then the way people bounced off of his contact balance. Um, Deontay, I just, I was struck by looking at him saying, man, that, it, that doesn't look like the guy that carries it 56 times. Um, I, I don't know about comparisons between the two, Bobby. Um, you know, I think Deontay's really, really, really good. Anybody that puts up two thousand yards and can and can carry it that much, um, I mean, he, he David All said he weighs two forty. I'm just saying he doesn't look like it. Deontay does not look like it. He's not. No, Deontay's like
1: got that NFL NFL body type. I'm not sure Jonathan Brooks completely does right. Um, and that that that's one. I, I will say that they are both one of the things they have in common is I think, I think that Deontay's more violent runner, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think they're both fairly patient. Um, they both will wait for the hole. Um, and that, you know, I will say this, both of them are probably the two biggest long threats for they've had more explosive runs than anybody else in tech in, at Texas, including Bijan and Roshan, because I think that they're both more patient. Than Bijan. Bijan's so so fast, he just hits it and goes, right? Um, and so I, I think that's part of the reason. I think it's, it's somewhat similar. Thankfully, uh Texas isn't gonna be five and seven this year, uh, like they were in 2016 with right. when Deontay really burst. Uh, but uh, you know, look, Texas has a chance here, uh, and the running game is part of that process. Jonathan Brooks is a good runner. Uh people are gonna are, are starting to pick up on that. Was he top five in the country right now, overall? Yes. In a heck of a year. That feature. by the way, question earlier, we need to feature him. He's being featured if he's a top five running back in the country.
0: Okay, guys. This next question is actually from the InsideTexas.com message boards, and it's from JMR2573. Great question here. He says, after heartbreaking losses early in recent seasons, such as Maryland, USC, Bama, OU, Tech – We as a fan base tell ourselves our goals are still achievable and we can run the table and win the conference, only to fall short. What about this team makes you think this year could be different or not? Who's going to beat them?
3: Only
2: themselves with the rest of the schedule.
0: Yep. Other,
1: They'll be touchdown or more favorites against everybody left on the schedule. Not four or five or three points home or away. A touchdown or more favorites against everybody else on the schedule.
2: The thing that the it's going to thing take that, an upset. It's going to take an upset for Texas not to win out. The thing that Texas now is going to get a lot of, though. When I look at the rest of the schedule, quarterback run game, baby. Here comes U of H. Um, here comes Kansas State. Iowa State. Texas I. I mean, te- quarterback run game's coming at you now. And now those teams aren't as talented as Oklahoma, but they're going to test you. They're going to say, okay see what you got on this because you didn't do it. You didn't handle it against Oklahoma and nobody knew if you could handle it because Jalen Daniels didn't play. Jalen Milrow an athlete that can get out of the pocket and take off. He's not a runner, a true runner. And I don't – Dylan Gabriel at least had vision, right? But Oklahoma delivered something that other people are going to try now. And I, I, I think- don't know if they can execute it because the offensive line and the players on the perimeter and the scheme – Oklahoma's got a great scheme for college football on offense, but uh, Art Briles' system always has been. Um, but the people are going to try. It. They're going to test you. All right. This next
0: one's a comment I wanted to read to you guys to make sure you all saw it from Douglas Scott. He says, It was good to see Bobby and Jerry at Terry Black's in person. Thank you guys for doing what you do. Thanks, Douglas, for being Thanks there. Man. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I still have smoke inhalation from, that, from the, the smokers.
1: I mean, they had like – what, 12 to 15 big, long smokers? And I was just like, holy cow. And we were sitting right next to it, but, man, it smelled good.
0: <laughs> it smelled so good. Uh, we've had lots of comments in, uh, in the chat today about Jalen Ford and his play this weekend. Uh, so I'm going to take this question from Jackson Kelso. He says, maybe I've already talked about it, which we haven't, but did Ford look very lost to y'all in the OU game? I don't think he
1: looked lost. I think uh, he may have looked a step slow at times. I think that, in, in Drew and then Drew and Rod put this the best way, one of the things that that offense does, it puts the linebackers in constant conflict between run and pass. And then when they also have the responsibility for the QB run game, it's 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 difficult. Um, and so I think that happened as much as anything. Uh, Tuck said this just, you know, 15 minutes ago when we had him on former linebacker at the university of Texas, Monte Tucker Dorsey said it uh, pretty, pretty well, in my opinion, uh, that the defensive line wasn't necessarily playing on the other side of scrimmage either. And that can impact the efficacy of a linebacker. So I, I feel like lost is a big, is a big term. I feel like he did not have his best game for sure. Uh,
0: But I don't know about lost. Okay, we got this next question from Richard Stark. And Jerry, it's for you. He says, well, Texas sitting at five and one from a recruiting and state of the program point of view, would you rather lose to Bama and beat OU or beat Bama and lose to OU?
2: Oh, winning at Alabama. uh, Beating Nick Saban, the worst loss that Bama's had at home under Nick Saban is, is the easy answer. Um, there's no question about it right now. In four years, if Nick Saban's not the coach there, that's a different story. But right now, absolutely, because that was the marquee win on the national stage that Steve Sarkeesian really needed. It was perfect timing. It was the perfect game. Um, And and the thing about the Oklahoma loss is, you know what, if you go handle your business, you can rebound and and you can get that one back, potentially. Uh, If you lost to Alabama, you don't get a chance to get that back. I mean that means you lost two years in a row, um, so that easily Alabama from a national standpoint, a recruiting standpoint. Look, just think about think about LSU last year on that and in, in Brian Kelly's first year. Kids don't talk about the loss at A and M where LSU looked really bad. They look, they talk about the win over Bama and getting to the SEC title game. So that's all. I mean. That, that Alabama win was big. I mean, just think about it this way. K.J. Lacey was in the stands for that.
0: Sure. All right, Joe, y'all are watching Coffee and Football, presented by Longhorn Wealth Management Group, and John Donovan. I want to thank them. you got plenty of time to get your questions in still, so please do so. And this next question is a super chat from Brandon Huey. He says, Savion Red hasn't had a negative carry even when everyone knows he's running. How is he not featured more, especially in goal line situations?
2: I'll say this. I actually do think he's the best goal line back they have because he's a low center Gravin and he runs pissed off. But here's the thing. He had a really good spring at running back. Then he got himself behind the chains, okay? And, and now he's worked to, to get himself in a position again where he's built back the trust with Sarp. I mean, he's putting that – look, being in on the Red Cat, throwing a pass – I expect to see his physicality show up in the run game a little bit more. And it may be something that Bobby, uh, or, you know, look, maybe the next time you're down there on first and goal from the one and you run the jumbo package, red your back. So Brooks doesn't take all those hits because that was three plays in a row where he got hit and was, you know, guys are saying, all right, but I got you. I'm helping you off the ground. I missed the block or man, you know, just here, here you go. But, uh, I think Savion Red's role will increase as long as he stays in front of the chains. He's got us. He can't get behind the chains again. And y'all know what I'm talking about.
0: All right, before we move on, Bobby, I'm going to let you tell everybody about Longhorn Wealth Management Group. Yeah. John Donovan's the president there. He's a proud UT grad and certified financial
1: planner. And while UT football has an off week, Longhorn Wealth Management Group never takes an off week from providing Total Wealth Management Services to their fellow UT alums and employees, as well as their respective families and friends. John has been proudly serving for more than 30 years. October is Breast Cancer and Liver Cancer Awareness Month, so Longhorn Health wants to remind you that bad things happen, do happen to good people. So please plan ahead and let Longhorn Wealth provide you and your loved ones with the best in life, disability, and long-term care insurance solutions. To learn how Longhorn Wealth can provide the most appropriate insurance protections and investment solutions for you, your family, and your business, give John and the Longhorn Wealth team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. That's longhornwealth.net, 972-707-4900. We appreciate your sponsorship, John.
0: Okay, this next question is from Emmanuel Villafranco, and he says, which freshman had the best performance against Oklahoma? I would go – I
1: have to go with Anthony Hill. He had eight tackles. The only sack of the game for the Longhorns. One and a half tackles for loss. How did how did, uh, how did did Manny Muhammad play in your second watch, Bobby? Uh, didn't notice him much because they split him out so wide and didn't test him. M- missed one tackle. Um but obviously scored a touchdown on the on the punt block. That was more right place, right time. Um, but I I felt like I felt like Anthony Hill was the guy. I think he actually had an impact on the game. Manny, Manny, maybe because Manny's good, there was a lower impact. But you know what? And, and Rod and Drew talked about this in the postgame too. They didn't test Texas to the outside as much as we expected them to. Right. They really they they did not. So what they did, they did those quick perimeter hitting hitters that we talked about that faked for a running game for them. Basically.
0: Okay. This next question guys is from Colton. And uh, he says, Gavin Holmes looked like a liability to me from the stands. What do y'all think? I don't disagree that he was a liability
1: in uh, tackling. He missed a couple. Um, And, One of the problems that I had uh, with tackling in general in the secondary is they were allowing for a lot of extra yards after contact. They weren't hitting him and going. Even Jade Barron took a shortcut a couple different times and let a guy get five or six yards instead of two. Um, And that changes the trajectory of a game. If if it's third and four, it's a lot different than third and eight. Right. Um, So. That being said, uh, I would I would say that uh, Holmes is, is a better cover guy than he is a physical corner. Um, that will help you against probably the U of H's of the world, even uh, some other teams that like to throw the ball more deep. It will be a negative against the physical receivers where they try to get on
2: the edge running like OU does. Somebody's asking about cattle, and we have not heard anything. We'll see if what Sark says about that at eleven. At it first looked like it could have been a bruised knee, Jerry. Yeah, not or or it didn't look like it was an ACL or
1: MCL just from the the hit. It looked like he hit the kneecap right on top of the helmet. But you know, maybe that could have pop, could have broke the meniscus right
0: there. I mean, you don't know. Uh, This next question guys is from bill bowden and earlier we were talking about texas needing to get better in the red zone and he says would we be talking about the red zone if xavier scored i thought he did oh and excuse the blow to the head oh yeah
1: blow to the head and the face mask slash ripping the helmet off to keep him out of the end zone i mean look i thought i thought billy bowman made a hell of a play too um the, the oklahoma defensive back to keep him out um he did not – it looked like he did not score by about two or three inches, though. If if Xavier could have actually moved his elbow a little bit sooner, it would have been a score. Uh, but, uh, I, look, I thought it was an interesting play call because they weren't getting it done between the tackles. Uh, but uh, that little smoke screen just didn't work quite enough. Uh, tough, tough stuff. And I do think we would still be talking about it. Uh, look, you can't have three chances within the one – inside the one or inside the two and go nowhere against any team, much less your your vaunted rival.
0: Uh, we've had lots of comments and questions about the prevent defense uh, yeah. <laughs> on Saturday. So I'm going to get to one. Smoke says, why well, do defensive coordinators still try to run prevent defenses in the modern offensive game? It's just a recipe for disaster. Because they don't want to get beat over the top.
1: <laughs> They'd rather make a team – nickel and dime you down the field. The problem is they weren't nickel and dime. They were quarter and quartering you. They were getting 20 and 25 yards a pop. Uh, And so I think, I think that uh, that was probably the wrong call in retrospect, given that this was Dylan Gabriel's 44th game starting that as a, as a player. How many times do you think he's run the two minute drill? How many times Jerry in 44 games?
2: Probably in that, scheme, times. In, in that scheme the whole time through call. I, I know, know that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 60,
1: 70 times. Yeah. Uh you gotta you gotta be more go with what brung you in the, in those
0: situations, in my opinion. Uh, Captain Americano says, What do we have to do to prevent another letdown like the one this past weekend? Is it just a matter of execution or things we need to fix schematically? We can't afford another mulligan this season. I agree. No. I this fixed schematically got to get better in the red
1: zone. Maybe that's uh, making some line adjustments as far as line calls on the goal line personnel. Um, I think also uh, they're going to see the this veer and shoot again at TCU. Okay. So they need to get ready for that. Dana Holgerson runs more typical air raid, but what are they going to do there? Texas tech runs air raid. Uh, they're getting ready to see some guys that throw the ball
2: around the yard. Well, what I'm saying I, I can so, tell you what U of H is going to do. They're going to spread it out and run quarterback run game.
1: Yeah. They're going to try weeks
2: and say, Hey, can you stop this? If you, if you're going to struggle, struggle, Scott, stop this. We're going to score points on you. Gotcha. All
0: right, y'all. We got time for just a couple more questions here. Uh, we got a couple of specific ones for each of you. So Jerry, we'll start with you. Brandon Huey says what Texas recruit or signee has impressed you the most this year?
2: Oh gosh. Um, I'm trying to think about that. Um, Daniel Cruz is really impressed at center. Alex January is having a really good year at D line. I, he's I thought on. he's come it's on. He's like
1: it's almost and I and I've mentioned this before, Jerry. With January, it's almost like the volume got turned up. Yeah. Some guys it takes a little time to get there. It's almost like the volume just went from a six, six and a
2: half, seven okay, now it's my time. It's an eight or a nine. Yeah. You agree with that? Yeah, I do. I think giving up baseball last spring, so he had a spring football. He was in the weight room. Um, uh, it was interesting, you know, his first game of the year, he didn't fire off the ball like he has been. So uh, somebody obviously got them and said, whoa, well, now you're big, but you got to also fire off the football. And here's the thing um as his father said when he came on here he's got great hand placement his next step is then keeping that head up on contact a little more consistently he does that he's going to be a problem uh that's for sure um you know christian clark went healthy he's been very good santana wilson's very good um there's a lot of really good players in this in this class uh, Trey owens having a really good year throwing the football at cy fair he's, he's had uh, three really good games in a row, so. Uh, this class is performing on the field. They've had some health issues in this class. Though so Parker Livingstone's still out. Um, you know, Christian Clark obviously missed a couple of games. Um, you know, Jarrett Gibbs. I'm not sure has been hundred percent, but he's running hard. Uh, Jordan Johnson Bell's been very productive for for what, especially considering up Bobby says he did not get a lot of chances because that front seven's so good. But he's been highly productive at IMG when he's had his spot when he's had his chances.
1: Oh, about, like, yeah, about Trey Owens and Taker, Jordan Washington he's pretty good like too, Jerry. Do what I want to hear more about Jordan Washington, the tight end, and Trey
0: Owens. Yeah, all right, Bobby. We got a question specific for you. This one from Smoke says, Do you think we need to get Anthony Hill, Manny, and Derek Williams a lot more playing time moving forward?
1: Yes, on Anthony Hill, yes, on Manny Muhammad, and yes, on Derek Williams. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, I think that I think those three may be your best three freshmen. Uh, overall. I, I think they also need to try to look at, at some other stuff on like, I, I, I feel like uh, they need to see what Warren Roberson, Jelani McDonald, those guys can do. They need to get J- Jalen Gilbo some more time uh as well. Um They'll have that opportunity coming up with a couple of games. Um But we'll see. We'll see where that goes. The only other, the only other thing that I would say that that Strikes me right now is Jonte Cook didn't get much time in that game. But Jerry, one thing that they did against OU is they went to that big 11 package where they didn't have another tight on tight end on the field other than Malik Ogbo. And that allowed them to keep three receivers on the field. If they start doing that and sub out Ogbo for Cook, Jonte's going to get some more time. That
2: that's an easy
1: yeah. flip just watch for that just
2: yeah for I, that. and i think it in the future in the in these big 12 games if texas kid um if their five offensive line can hold up i think you're, you're going to see more of that i think that's going to be the whole key right there um is the texas offensive line and pass protection um if they can hold up i think you i think you're going to see start bring more four wide
0: Okay, guys, last question for today, and it's from Pablo Valenzuela. He says, is OU's second-year build already caught up with Texas' third year? I don't think so.
1: I mean, Texas has more talent than OU. OU put a better product on the field on Saturday in ways, uh, but I think Texas has got this thing on rails right now. Oklahoma's trying to get it on rails. Oklahoma's benefiting largely uh, on a – sixth year quarterback and, and they good for them i mean it, it, end of the day it's all about wins and losses but the depth at texas in the younger ranks is better than the depth at, at ou in the younger ranks in my opinion OU uh ou is in in good shape right now do not get me wrong i'm not trying to say that uh but i really believe that that sixth year quarterback was the difference in the game on saturday
2: jerry anything there? uh you know i I think they did a really real I think they did a little bit what Florida State did. They did very well in the portal. But I agree with Dylan Gabriel. Next year they're going to break in a first-year starting quarterback who's a good player, has played in the scheme. Um kind of like Josh Hoover at TCU, it will be interesting to see if he takes over because he played in that scheme in high school. Um so I, I I'm I'm interested, but I do think Oklahoma the one thing I do think they're very, they're doing well is they're really um they're really targeting defensive line. They know that they have to get better there. Even though they did their, their transfers did well against Texas, moving forward, they know they have to have a lot more depth there.
0: Okay, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Coffee and Football. Before we get out of here, Bobby, I'm going to let you tell everybody what they can expect on, on Texas Football today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have a conversation here a little bit with Brian Irwin, former uh, head football coach. I think that's going to be revealing. He's got some things he wants to say. He told me. Uh, about the, the final drive as well, some other uh, things that he would like Texas to do as far as it relates to playing this veer and shoot and what uh, he found has been successful in his years as a coach. Uh, other conversation topics about what he saw that the Longhorns uh, felt like they did well. Then Rod and Jerry come back with Talk and Ball this afternoon. Uh, enjoy that. Uh, I'm sure Jerry and Rod will have a lot to say. Uh, and also I want to mention this. If you're not a subscriber to Inside Texas, please give us a try. Right now, we have a special $1 for two months. Promo code OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23.
0: And remember to select the monthly offer for that. That's right. Okay. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for the super chats. We want to thank our sponsors, John Donovan and Longhorn Wealth Management Group. Escaped and Caldera Lab as well. And uh, yeah, for Bobby Martin and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe. And we'll see you tomorrow morning.
1: Welcome.